Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you all on this Monday, September 28th. We are just literally a few days from the month of October. We're entering the month of October. And this October, I don't think it's going to be just like any other October that we've had. I believe we're going into some more uh, times, trying times, that are just around the corner. As always, it is a a pleasure to have and an honor to have all our listeners tuning in. We thank you for the support uh, that you give us with your prayers and joining us on these podcasts. It really uh, helps us and we can feel your your faith. We can feel that God is, is speaking to many of you. And thank you for taking out of your time to be able to join us on this podcast. We pray that you had a good weekend and we pray that you have been strengthened as we're getting ready to continue to go forward. Today in our podcast, we have in our panel, we have Brother Marty and Brother Fernando joining us today. As always, uh, we thank God for the honor that he gives us to be able to study the Word of God together. So, Brother Marty, at the beginning of this week, once again on this Monday, we are excited about what God is going to speak to us this week. And we consider that Monday is always the catalyst (laughs) that helps (laughs) us through the week and, and sets the tone to what God wants to say. So we'll leave it to you, Brother Marty, to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God together. Hey, man, it's good to be back on this Monday. It was quite an interesting weekend. A major event held in Washington, D.C. We touched on it a little bit on Friday. We might uh, explore a little bit of uh, what we saw, what we witnessed uh and uh, what the intent or stated purpose was of that that gathering on the on the mall in Washington uh and and uh, we might we might discuss that a little bit but uh we continue and are continuing as we feel led by the spirit of god uh to study uh where we left off last time which was in the book of Ezekiel as i've been reviewing this and going over this uh, my brothers and i over the last several days uh it's quite in- incredible uh, the tone uh, of Ezekiel's prophecies and all that they encompassed. It's an amazing uh, outpouring of God's spirit through his prophet in captivity. And uh, how his ministry began is extraordinary to me. In uh, in chapter one, we're told that Ezekiel is, is uh, amongst the captives as he describes it. And he says, out of the north, he he began to see this most incredible of sights as uh, God himself, the Lord himself, came with, uh, with with the chariots of God. He described it as a fire uh, in enfolding itself, uh, a, a great whirlwind of fire and lightnings, thunders, clouds enfolding themselves. Very, very interesting how his ministry begins uh, because it's almost as if... Um, the, the same Lord who had years and years before uh, delivered the children of Israel out of captivity from Egypt. And three months later, he meets them at Mount Sinai. And, and that's how he came to them. He came to them with, with great fire and clouds and the, the hosts of heaven, the, the chariots of God, lightnings and thunders and settled on Mount Sinai. Uh, and here we see him uh, several hundred centuries later, really, or Seven, excuse me, several hundred years, 1,500 years or so later, uh, half the, the nation of Judah has been taken into captivity, and, and here he comes in that same way. Ezekiel begins to witness him uh, coming the same way the children of Israel saw him when they first began, and he introduced himself to them. It's almost as if his whole prophecy is dedicated towards uh, the conclusion of the matter. Here, here the Lord comes, the one who had cut covenant with them. And, and the prophet sees him uh, in that manner as the Lord God Almighty. And, and what would be revealed to Ezekiel is extraordinary. Uh, because the way his prophecies unfold, and uh, we don't have time, of course, to, to cover the scope of it. But, but it was just uh, about two years before uh, the actual culmination of of the judgment would occur. 
And what we want to explore today as we begin to go into it is to look at what pervaded or what preceded the ultimate destruction, the final days, if you will, of Judah and Jerusalem. And, and, uh, and we want to look at them and see what we can glean from that. And so <clears throat> we pray you have your Bibles. We're in the prophet Ezekiel. We're in chapter 8. And we're going to have Brother Jeremy begin our study by reading to us uh, verse 16 through 18. And we'll begin our discussion. And we pray these things in Jesus' name humbly so that God would allow us to glean from his word. Brother Jeremy. Amen. And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house. And behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east, and they worshiped the sun toward the east. Then he said unto me, Have thou seen this, O son of man? Is it a light thing to the house of Judah that they commit the abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence, and have returned to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore will I also deal in fury. My eye shall not spare, neither will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. Incredible. It's a really tragic and sad thing that we're looking at. Actually, uh, you know, it's a very heavy passages of scripture but it is something that we we need to remind ourselves about that that you know we're dealing with with an almighty holy father here the creator of heaven and earth and as i was meditating on that this morning because really what we see here when we get to chapter eight is that god now turns the prophet's attention directly towards the religious establishment and those that remained in jerusalem and he begins specifically to bear down upon them. And as we'll look into it this morning, he begins to lay forth the case to his prophet. Remember where we left off, Ezekiel was sitting in his house and uh, <laughs> the elders had gathered around him. And they were seeking a word from the Lord. Uh, but there, there was none that would come forth. God would take Ezekiel by a lock of his hair and he would he would. He would take him in the visions of the Lord all the way to Jerusalem. And there he would begin to see what he saw in a series of of, uh, of visions that were given to him. He begins to reveal to the, to the young man exactly what's going on at, at the very highest levels of, uh, of the ministry at the temple in Jerusalem. These are days that are just before um, they're about to be destroyed. And... Uh, you know, I was thinking today, you know, over the course of history and the unfolding of times, really, uh, which which really move across the landscape of every generation's experience, some moments are more intense than others. Some times of history are more intense than others in the sense of how it's perceived by those whose times are the times that that are the inevitable fruit of those whose behavior, good or bad, begin to flourish and bear fruit in the next generation. Prophet Ezekiel, Prophet Daniel, they found themselves in these kinds of times, uh, the children of the captivity. They were carried away from, from the beloved city of God, from Jerusalem, the temple, uh, to a faraway place, to Babylon. The Bible describes Babylon as the mother of all idols and vice and harlotry, really. And 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 Daniel and Ezekiel and Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, uh, you know, their lives would not be uh, like the lives of their fathers. Indeed, these these blessed holy prophets of God, which is what they would become, they were reaping really what they had not sown. They were in captivity not through fault of their own, but through the generations that preceded them and then flourished uh, in their sin and abominations 
and evolved into what Ezekiel is about to see. Um, the good thing and the thing that I, I always draw comfort from is that the blessed Lord never abandoned them. And, and the quality of heart of these prophets is extraordinary. But even more than this, I think that the Lord's love in preserving a people, even in the midst of all that, that they did to deserve such things, is beyond description. And, you know, we really, <laughs> I thank the Lord for this, uh, because he preserved his people in the midst of it. And so we want to look at this a little bit today. You know, the, like we said, the prophet Ezekiel was carried into Jerusalem and and in this vision that, that Brother Jeremy was reading, the, the, the end of it, uh, he was shown incredible things. Um, he, he, was, he was shown the blasphemy that was taking place in the house of God and in the city as a whole, the capital city. Uh, and, and what he saw, it wasn't the heathen uh, that, he, <laughs> that, that God was indicting, uh, but it was the culture of the religious elite that he was directing his attention to the elders of Israel, the ancients, the Sanhedrin, the high priesthood, even even filtering all the way down to the women within the culture and society. Uh, he was he was showing him the progression and the practice that was taking place, and of the idolatry which was filling the nation. But more than the idolatry that was filling Judah. Uh, he was directing his attention to the idolatry that was filling uh, the temple of the Lord. And so beginning with chapter 8, the Lord carries the prophet into Jerusalem and, and he begins to lay the case to him why they are going to be judged, why they had passed the point of no return. And and if you actually do a a, a look at it, we have... You know, from chapter 8 through chapter 11, uh, that is that case. That is what we begin to see unfolding. In chapter 8, um, he, the Lord begins to cover the idolatry and the idol worship that was occurring within the temple of the Lord. In chapter 9, the Lord begins to withdraw. If you look at it, he begins to withdraw his Shekinah glory, his presence. But before the complete withdrawal of his presence, and we'll, we might look at that in Chapter 9, verse 4. Why don't you read that to us, Brother Jeremy, in chapter 9, verse 4? Before the withdrawing yes. of the presence of the Lord. What does he do? And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. That's a, that's 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 a powerful thing to me because it always uh, intrigues me how the Lord will, in the midst of such, you know, intense uh, decree from God about the judgment, the wrath that's coming, He interjects this in here in order to let us know He has a remnant. He always has a remnant, uh, like He told the great prophet e, uh, Elijah, right, when Elijah was crying out and He said, "You know, I'm the only one left." I mean, that's exactly how he felt. I'm the only one left. Everyone else is all messed up. And and he said, no, the truth of the matter is, is I've reserved 7,000 who haven't bowed the knee to Baal. You may not see them, but they're out there. You may not understand them, uh, where they're at or you know where to locate them, but God knows who they are. And I found it very interesting what you read there, Brother Jeremy, is that these men, uh, it says that they sighed and that they cried. Do you have your little Hebrew thing there? Could you look that up for us? What does that mean? They sigh yes. and cry. The word uh, sigh comes from the word uh, anak, which means to groan, to mourn. It means uh, in pain or grief, to gasp. Hmm. Um, the word um, uh, cry comes from the word also anak which is to to shriek, cry, groan, lament, to make lamentation. Wow. So, so we see that, that, that this is the quality of what they saw, you know, and, and I wonder, 
you know, when we look at that and we think of that, you know, are we that way? I mean, uh, I know we are at times, and I think that that, that feeling uh, is growing deeper and deeper amongst God's yeah. people. You know, and, and I don't want to jump ahead, but <clears throat> we were talking about the great uh, prayer gathering that happened at, at the Washington Mall. It was an attempt to regather or recapture something that was done in 1980. I remember uh, I was just a kid, you know, but uh, I think it was, what, 19, 18, 19 years old. And I remember seeing it on television. Um, there was a call, a prayer call that was that was made across the land. Uh, and, and it was during the same kind of time, you know, it was during a presidential season. Uh, we had come out of the 60s, you know, the assassination of JFK, the, you know, the, the, the Vietnam War, the the assassination of Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy, the rebellion of an entire generation against their parents and against, you know, the the, the word of God, uh, and then then the the disgrace of the the resignation of Richard Nixon as he was exposed for for his shenanigans, uh, and then then the election of Jimmy Carter, and by the time we get to Carter, the, the nation, the the collective psyche of the nation was such that uh, there was an unease, uh, uh, a depression had set over the land, our hostages had been taken hostage in the late 70s by by uh, the the Iranians, the Ayatollah overthrew the Shah of Iran, they had a, a, a an Islamic revolution in Iran, and they, 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 they ran, overran the United States Embassy, and I think it was 60 or so hostages they took, and, and Carter, uh, you know, was inept, in his leadership skills and and they attempted to rescue the hostages only to have eight of our helicopters with our special forces they said that that some freak sandstorm came up on our way there and literally uh destroyed the helicopters they all crashed in the desert and so by the time we get to to 1980 in the midst of a presidential election uh, there was a sense in 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 the uh, in the hearts of the nation, and especially, you know, there was still a residue. You still had the Wilkerson's and the Ravenhills, and you know, interspersed amongst the people, Tozer and those people. They were still around, and there was still a sense of of a of if we would cry out to God, if we would really cry out to Him and ask Him to help us, that He would. And over a million people gathered there that day. And I remember seeing it on, on TV as a, as a teenager uh, and uh, on an old U- Channel 40 UHF. I don't even, most of you, some of you <laughs> as old as me, you remember what UHF is, right? And, yeah, um, <laughs> and I remember them praying out and crying out to God, you know, and, and, uh, and God heard, heard the nation's prayers. And, and so this this gathering over the weekend uh, in Washington D.C. was an attempt to, almost a nostalgic attempt of of a newer generation. Some, what is it, forty years later? Exactly, forty years later, a new generation trying wow. to do the same thing. Incredible, right? Wow. Yeah. When you think about it. But 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 the quality of what we witnessed and what we saw was 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 strikingly different. And I almost felt sad for the people. You know, because there was this attempt to to go into a place spiritually that just frankly um, isn't there. And so they really didn't know if any of you actually saw this over the weekend. They really didn't even know how to approach it. You know, they put together almost like I almost felt like I was at a you know, watching some kind of a concert or a festival, you know, I mean, it was weird. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. you, know, you, you saw some of it, but Jeremy, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. Um, that, I think that's a, a correct word, at least the way I, um, by the way, we're not knocking the efforts, but we oh, have no. to be honest, right? Yeah. We, ha- we have yeah. to be honest with the, with what we saw and what we sensed. And you're right. It was almost like nostalgic. You know, it was, it was, it was a wishful, you know, yearning for something, but we couldn't get to that level of what it would have required. You know what I mean? A nation to yeah. come to repentance and 
what I saw mm-hmm. is a lot of band playing and, you know, concert-like and, and, you know, wishful thinking, you know, hey, we're gathered, woohoo, we're in Washington, you know, and <laughs> and then, like, yeah. testimonies, and praise God for the testimonies, you know, yeah. but but I, I was looking for that, you know, where, where, where someone can speak with a clarity of the magnitude of where we're at. You know, a, mm-hmm. a prophet, a man of God that can truly call people to a repentance. I saw a lot of ceremony. I saw seven Trump, you know, uh, the brother, you know, doing the seven trumpets and not to minimize none of that, but it's just, it almost seemed, I don't know, ceremonial, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> a whole ceremonial. And, mm-hmm. you know, it broke my heart. You know, I, I you know, it brought me to my knees and, and because, you know, while there may be there people with the with the you know with a sincere heart, but I mean, let's see because repentance is not just a a, a confessing of of or or a, or a packet of prayers, a package of prayers that I'm going to give to God and so forth. You know, we're going to have to give fruits of repentance. You know what I'm saying? But we mm-hmm. can even hit the mark right now. I I, I don't know that it did. You know, is America going to change now? Is God going to change the course now that that we've done this? Or, you know, we have to be honest, you know, of what we saw. You know, you spoke about what took place 40 years ago. You know, um, I was still a little, uh, you know, I was probably a six-year-old young young man, but I couldn't, um, um, it it was just different. You You remember it. Yes. It's just different, brother a different yeah. sense of urgency that you sense mm-hmm. than what is today here in 2020. That's incredible. So that's um, Yeah, go ahead. No, that's it, brother. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, what I, what well, I said. Yeah. And, so. and, and that's what we see here. Uh, you know, what, 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 <clears throat> what was interesting and when we're looking at the parallels, prophetically speaking, right, we're, we're, we're looking to see, can we learn from what happened to them? And does the template fit? Does, does the same uh, thing apply to our times? And what makes it unique, as we've said over the last several weeks, is that the United States of America uh, is unique amongst nations in that it is, it's an amalgamation of every tribe, tongue, creed, you know, language, and what it's evolved to at this present time but you know what makes it unique is that the foundational fathers of the nation sought god specifically in order to have his divine providence as they say his divine benevolence bestowed upon the nation and and the constitution of the united states was was specifically guided by the hand of the holy spirit contrary to what public uh, you know, commentary is today uh, uh, by those who have who have sought to to erase history from the public consciousness. But the truth of the matter is, is that we we are people whose foundations were founded upon a, a group of people who sought God in order to ask Him to 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 bestow His 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 light upon a, a nation of people who sought Him. But when you do that and you evoke the spirit of God upon yourself, and he indeed comes and blesses, it is not without requirement. Uh, Though he is a God of grace and mercy, right? He is yet, uh, if you're going to ask him to do something and and then you include that we'll do this if you do that kind of thing, (laughs) well, uh, eventually it, 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 it comes to bear. You know, we, we he he will keep us and hold us accountable, and the generations to that. And what we were talking about here in verse four, you know, when Ezekiel gets to chapter nine, verse four, he we were talking about the remnant that sighed and cried for the abominations that be done in the midst of of the land. And and that is the quality of person that that God is searching for. And, and something that we can also draw strength for, because he he marked them. Uh, he had the angelic host go and mark them, and to ensure that they would be preserved in the midst of what was about to come down on the nation. 
And so that was chapter nine. And, 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 and you made me think, Brother Jeremy, when you were talking, I wanted to read a little passage here out of a commentary I read. It's about 800 years old. In commenting on what the attitude was of Judah before its destruction, he, he, he wrote it this way. He said, even as the people, uh, they were locked in a fool's paradise of delusion concerning their invincibility. They continued their normal lives. God's messengers, the ones who marked the people, right, spread through the city, marking it for death and destruction. Listen to this. The daily temple service continues in the midst of this. Indeed, to the people, the very existence of the temple and the capital city in their midst to them was an ironclad guarantee against any kind of disaster that might come against them. But silently, listen to this, and unbeknown to them, the very nature of the temple is changing. And its soul, the Shekinah glory of God, the presence, the divine presence, had already begun to withdraw. Ultimately, it would leave it as a lifeless hulk of wood and stone ready to be defiled, ready to be destroyed. <laughs> That's intense, right? Incredible. Uh, Incredible. Wow. And it made me think uh, a lot of that, uh, what you were just describing and what you witnessed, Brother Jeremy. Because we're unbeknownst to us. That's what that that's the thesis we've been laying out to the to our brothers and sisters who've been listening out there over the last several months was that is that we believe that it's quite conceivable that we have passed that point of no return, that the verdict has already come down. And what's what's indicative uh, of that is what we were just reading. And that's why it struck my heart was that is that the people went on with a with a delusional sense that they were the great nation on the earth, right? They were Judah. They, unlike the heathen nations around them, they were the entitled ones. And surely uh, these prophets who are warning of doom and gloom and impending judgment, that they were just nuts. They were crazy. Jeremiah, we're sick of hearing him. Let's throw him in jail. Don't listen to Ezekiel over there in the captivity, because the truth of the matter is all the false prophets are, are, are sending encouraging words, not only to the captivity, but to the people who didn't even realize that what Ezekiel was witnessing was God was removing his presence and would remove his presence, unbeknownst mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts? You know, to, to uh, what you just said about the delusion of the people, which you just read, it just so happens. I know it wasn't a coincidence, but there was another rally going on with uh, Brother Franklin Graham, and mm. our vice president, our vice president uh, showed up, you know, in support, and they gave him the the, uh, the pulpit for him to to speak, and he, you know, he he quoted beautiful, beautiful scriptures, you know, but you can, it was, it seemed like it was someone who was uh, uh, recording it from the crowd. So you can hear the background noise of the crowd, you know, things like make America great again or four more years, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In, in a time yeah. that should have been a solemn, right? A solemn right. Uh, um, a, a time of repentance and reflection. The people are focusing on how great the country is. Exactly the way you, you're saying it. And to me, it, it was just disrespectful. It's like you, you missed it. You missed it. It's not about oh the presence you woohoo another four years, you know, make America great again and you know, <laughs> we, we are the blessed nation of the world. And, and and that that was the focus. I mean and on the people. I'm talking about the crowd. Right. You know, that went there. I, I didn't see a solemnness of, of, of a unity as 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 we read in Ezekiel nine four where the people sighed and cried for all the abominations. Could you imagine that scene? If that would have took place this weekend, people on their knees before. I, I saw people, you know, kicking back, you know. Uh, it's like they were at a rally, you know. <laughs> yeah. But if, yeah. could you imagine the scene if people would have been on their faces repenting to see if maybe God would hear from the heavens 
But it, it was almost it was almost like a casual, like yeah. we're great. Look at what we're doing. God is gonna, you know, He's gonna protect us another four years of trouble. Protect us. And right. and just just to go with what you just read, brother, made me think about, you know, that particular uh, video that I saw from the. Crowd. Well, I think what you just said is really important, at least for me, because it's convicting to me. You know uh, what you just said. Um, was I on my face? No. You know, was I moved like that? You know, I did get tears in my eyes at times because there's brothers that I know who who walked that platform and spoke that, yes. you know, that I love and admire, and and yet they were in mixed in with all these people. I must say, I thank you for br- mentioning Brother Franklin Graham's march affair. It was on the other end of this other gathering. Uh, and there were sincere people in in that. I watched a little bit of that as they went from monument to monument, and they prayed prayers. There wasn't any frills, no shows, you know, no right. none of that stuff. But they prayed sincere prayers. And of course, the heritage of, of the great Billy Graham, you know, his children, uh, brother Franklin Graham, his his uh, his sister Anne Graham Lot or something like that. I think her name is. I forget what her last name is, but Anne Graham, uh, his great granddaughter or his granddaughter. Uh, uh, Franklin Graham's daughter um, was was on the uh, the desk uh, uh, while they would march through the different things, and uh, along with uh, I must say I was impressed with uh, Governor Mike Huckabee. Uh, he was talking to to Graham's daughter, but but the sense of the prayer that was coming from that end of the mall was so different than what was up there. But then as 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 there was yet even in their mix. There was thrown in there some very, very compromised, to say the least, uh, members of of the presidential evangelical uh, committee, uh, who are notorious, um, you know, people in the charismatic community inter- intermixed in there. So there was there was a mixture of both, but but the prayers were different and striking and good and sincere people. It made me think of this in verse four, right, where where there were those who truly do sigh and cry out for the abominations of the land. But I think that in in all that I've ever studied about revival, in all the things I've ever read about true repentance, and and I'm sure you all could throw in your ideas here too, um, I, I think what I was myself personally struck with, and I've wept before the Lord in my life, I know what that is like. Um, th- there... <laughs> I have to even, I, it made me reflect on myself, you know, because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, am I am I like this? You know, am I really sighing and crying for all the abominations? I can't say that I am. It bothers me. Uh, of course, you know, and the things that I see, they're frustrating to me. Sometimes I wonder when I look at myself and I'm like, God, have you has it, has it gotten so desperate for you that you need to, to have, throw me in the mix, you know, just to talk because there's nobody left, you know, has it, has it gotten that desperate? <laughs> but uh, I'm being serious, though, man. I'm like, you know, Lord, help me. To me, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but uh, true revival and true repentance is a gift from God to his people. Because the one thing that was striking to me on on that the bigger event uh, was it was almost like a bunch of children, like you said, Brother Jeremy, that they didn't even know what to do or how to do it, how to seek God truly, right? Mm. I mean, don't you think, Brother? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think in as as servants of God. You know, it, it comes in waves, you know, where yeah. you get that feeling where you feel the heart of God and you just weep before the Lord for the sins. You know what I'm saying? It's true. Yeah. You know, do, do we do it enough? Uh, you know, uh, but I think you, uh, what you said is, is, is very important. It's a gift. You know what I'm saying? We can't even cry out of ourselves if God doesn't put that in us, you know. Yeah. But when he does move, when his presence does come, you know, I, I think we don't know what to do when he's speaking. Sometimes we don't know what to, you know, right? We don't yes. know how to handle it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that's what we need to understand, that when God is moving in a particular way, what he's asking of us, are we willing to do it? Or do we have um, discernment to understand the moment, to understand the place in time, in history, that we find ourselves? That's good. Right? Uh, uh, th- there is a time to groan and to moan. Mm-hmm. See, see as, as believers, as the church of God, we're always going, it almost seems like against the way. When the world is totally happy, we're groaning and moaning, right? <laughs> and right. when everything's in chaos, you know, there's a peace in us, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's but, true, brother. Right? <clears throat> but it's it's understanding the moment, what time it is. You know, these men, these these men that the Bible speaks in Ezekiel 9-4, understood. Yes. Understood that God had marked them in that generation, in that moment, and and put a, a spirit, really, of supplication, of, of repentance, of sighing, of crying, of understanding. And I believe mm-hmm. that that's what God is doing the same in this hour with his servants, with those that are seeking him. He's marking you and, and giving you a piece, if that's, a, if, that's, if that's the right way to say it, of his heart. That is crying, you know. I was touched last Friday when you know when you were speaking of how the Lord's heart hurts in this hour, right? Yes, broken, broken. Do we sense mm-hmm. that it's, it's broken. Do we feel that heart, you know? And and, mm-hmm. and so I think it's we can glean from a lot of the things that you're saying and, and really analyze ourselves first, right? Yeah, that's what we have to do, and 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 then you know bring it forth. We're bringing it forth to the people. Are you seeing it? You see the abominations. Is there a sigh? Is there a cry? Right? Yeah, that's powerful. I, uh, I'll, I'll throw this in there, uh, see what you guys think about it. Uh, Ezra 4.10, or excuse me, Ezra chapter 7, verse 10, I think, tells us what revival is. Uh, it says, uh, for Ezra had prepared his heart mm. to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. Wow. And to teach in Israel statutes and judgment. I mm-hmm. think revival begins with a decision that one makes. He said, and to do it. And to it, do it. Yeah. yeah, it says, for Ezra had prepared his heart. It's a preparation of the heart and then the, the decision. You know, sometimes we, you know, we say, well, you know, we need to be in, in, in in a in prayer and crying out to God, yes, that's a preparation part. But then comes the next part: is the decision is, will you read this word and have the audacity to obey it and to mm-hmm. do it without compromising it? Mm-hmm. You know, that's when revival begins. You know, and and I do believe that it's it's something that the Lord, you know, what what do you say through the prophet Isaiah? There's none that stir their hearts to seek me. Mm, Yeah. It has to begin with us, the decision to to stir our own hearts to seek him. You know, we're waiting for calamity to seek him, and and calamity comes and we still don't seek him. You know, uh, to get there, it's. I think you have to uh, be uh, fully aware of what it takes and have experience in it. Because we, yeah. we are dealing with an, an inexperienced generation that they don't know how to call out to God. Very um, good point. You know, true true repentance is individual. You know, I think we all have seasons um, of, of, of repentance in our life where it was like, Lord, you know, I need to repent. You know, yeah. I need a, I need to move a God in my own life, right? Yeah. Uh, it was said. Uh, it was said of Brother Leonard Ravenhill that he died a a broken heart. You know, because he never saw revival. The truth of the matter was, his life was a re- a revival. <laughs> yes, it was. was. <laughs> right. Yeah. His Amen. life was a revival, and yeah. and, it, and it shakes our core to this very day when we hear his messages and his writings. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, 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 and he he sought out to do it. 
he sought out, he, he, he set himself apart and sought out to, to, to do the word of the Lord. And I think that's where we're at. It's, it's, will we do, and that's the thing, you know, you speak to Christians today, you're debating over things that the Bible says, either going to do what it says or you're not. Wow. Wow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we spoke, that's hey, true. Brother Marty, we spoke, we've spoken about this many times, right? Like, you know, we're just yeah. dudes that just, you know, that, that didn't know any better. And we just opened the book and believed it. Every word of it, <laughs> right? <laughs> we just believed it, you know. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, you know? Didn't try to, 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 you know, uh, uh, you debate with it and uh, or debate God. It's like, no, that's what it says, and that's what we're gonna do. Right. You know? Take shortcuts. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of that story but, of the guy that was in jail. That true, it's a true story. He was he was in jail and. You know, and, and he got saved, and and uh, and someone gave him a copy of a, of a Bible, and so he read that Bible, and he came across the the scripture uh, uh, about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and he 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 received his heavenly prayer language, praying in, in the Spirit, praying with other tongues. He said, so he said when he got out of jail, uh, and he went to church, uh, the pastor or wherever he went to church, they didn't believe in in, in the heavenly prayer language, so. He says, you know, he goes, well, you reached me too late because <laughs> I already got it because it says so right here in the Bible. So he goes, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it said it, so I believe it. Praise God. But yeah. Jeremy, uh, can you go to Ezra 710? Because Brother Fernando just brought something up really powerful. Yeah, yeah I, I'm there. I just turned there. It's, it's really good. Yeah, can you look up uh, the word pre- prepared? Ezra <laughs> yes. prepared. That's good. Just saying that. That's good. It says it means properly to be to be erect. Mm-hmm. Uh, to stand, i.e., to stand per perpendicular. Stand up straight. Tends to yeah, stand up straight to set up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. to apply to fix oneself. Mm-hmm. To render sure. To confirm. To fasten. Mm-hmm. Now check that out, brother, because yeah, because because what I was seeing there, what Brother Fernando was sharing, is so true. It, yeah. Notice that that the preparation of the heart must precede the seeking of the law. It has okay. to be first, mm-hmm. and 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 that's what we see. You know, the, 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 to stand upright in one's heart. And if that doesn't convict you, nothing will. It is to, is to remove any obstacle to that straight and narrow way of the heart. See, one of the things that God told Ezekiel, remember what we saw on Friday, was that when the elders came to seek him for a word of God, God talked to him about them. And he said, do you see these men? They have set up what idols in their heart. And here, the contrast 70 years later when Ezra goes to rebuild uh, he's not like that leadership. He has no idols in his heart. And I think the connection is profound because we were talking about the people's inability, uh, it, it, so it seemed, to understand how to seek God. So they just did what they've been doing for the last 40 years, which is wave their flags and blow their shofars and God, you know, bless them and all that. You know, I don't mean to diminish them. I'm not making fun of that. I'm just saying that's what they've been taught. You know, and then they came and they had a few testimonies. They brought out some of the famous bands, you know, to, to play songs. And there was such a panoply of people. But but the question is, have we truly prepared our heart? You cannot seek the law of the Lord until you first do. Which means that a strength is is ministered in the removing of the things that hinder our ability to seek God. Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. Excellent scripture, Brother Fernando, because that's that's the process. And then then it's not only prepared, it's not only seeking. What does that word seek mean, Brother Jeremy? Yes. The word uh, prepare, seek. It means uh, to tread or frequent, mm. using to follow, 
for pursuit or search by application to seek or ask, specifically mm-hmm. to worship, ask at all, care for, diligently inquire, make inquisition, question, require, search, seek, seek for, seek out, to resort to. What, yeah, that's so powerful because it is so true. Uh, the preparation of the heart is the removing of the idols, the ability to be on the straight and narrow, upright, right? That's what you were reading. And then comes the pursuit, the seeking, um, to tread frequently, the the act of worship. Who 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 have you ever heard teach that reading the Bible could be an act of worship? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's incredible. And in, in, in Ezra, this the scripture that Brother Fernando gave uh, prepared what though? He prepared mm-hmm. his heart. Yes. You know his, his mind, inner, his heart, his inner yeah. being, right? His inner being. And, and that's yeah. that, that's so powerful to me because I, I think about the tabernacle. How mm-hmm. when the Lord, um, when the Lord instructed Moses how to build it, it's interesting that the that 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 the that the tabernacle was built inside out, not outside in. And the first thing that was erected was, excuse me, the first thing that he told them to to build was the Ark of the Covenant, you know? Yeah. And to me, that, that that's powerful, you know, the way it was built. And it, it leads me to understand, too, a little bit, because it's connected. Ezra had prepared his heart, Daniel 1.8, Daniel purposed in his heart. Mm. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so so we see the connection that you're right. Before we can even mm. seek the law of the Lord, the the Word of God, the presence, we have to have a prepared heart. We have to make up our mind. Mm-hmm. You know, and as you said, as you guys said, it, and do it. Yes. <laughs> you know? yeah, and the, the and it's true. The Bible says He gives grace to the humble. I think the decision uh, initiates in in the heart of the believer to want to, yes. right? And and then obviously we 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 can't do it on our own. And then upon that decision, then comes the grace of God, which is the, the principle of Scripture, right? That he He gives grace to the humble. Um, if my people. Right, which are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray and seek my faith and turn from the wicked ways. Then I, right, will hear from heaven, forgive the sins and, and heal their land. It's it's such mm-hmm. a beautiful principle that the truth of the matter is we don't hear about this. That's not what you heard in those rallies. No, not That's at all. Right. That's not uh, what you heard in those rallies. No. You know, it, it, it's important important to 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 bring out that. Let's let just cut to the chase. There is no shortcuts about this. <laughs> no. You think just just getting together, oh, we're going to go to this rally, and it's going to, no, there's no shortcuts to this. You know, this mm-hmm. is, a, you know, the, the other day you spoke about the development of a servant of God. You know, mm-hmm. you don't just get there. You know, what David did, he thought, you know, three months for a yeah. season. Didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. He prepared his heart, you yeah. know. And then he sought the Lord. Yes. He, and, and and that's why I was speaking about the ark, because that's where the heart of God is. That's where the presence, that's where we must turn. You know, when, how we see the tabernacle divided, what, two or three parts, right? But it's, it's yes. there at the ark. That was the first thing that we must, that's the first thing that was built, symbolic, you know? And and that's how, you know, God, you know, he, he changes us. And he causes us to go after him, but it starts inside, in the heart, in the mind of the person, with a decision. Mm-hmm. And he prepared his heart then to what? To seek the law of the Lord, speaking of Ezra, and to do it. We don't yeah. preach about those two words, that two, two-letter two word, do it, right? That's works. Yeah. That's a, you know, I don't want to get it off track, but you, you get what I'm saying? But no, it's a requirement. You know, and you said something too, Brother Marty. I'm probably all over the place, so forgive me. But no, um, you, good. You said you, you said something. He says we don't understand that whenever we go before God in that way, He requires something. Yes. Yeah. 
See, that's another thing that we don't hear preached, right? <laughs> it's just free. God loves you. We don't preach mm-hmm. that it requires something. So it requires everything, right? Don't even in the temple they told them, you know, don't appear before the Lord empty-handed, right? Go ahead, brother Fernandez. Yeah. It goes back to the point you brought earlier, which <clears throat> I think we, if we're ministers of the gospel, we have to ask ourselves truly. I mean, it's it's a great point you brought up because I deal with it too. You know, we read of the accounts of repentance in Scripture and what it sounds like, what it looks like, and 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 what, and what kind of life that reflected in 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 the men of God. Yeah. Um mm. and then and then we look at our own selves. Yeah. And it's like and you said something earlier, it's like, man, you know, you ask yourself the question, Am I really like living that mm-hmm. kind of repentant life? Am I am I displaying that? It, it, mm-hmm. you know, am I you know, howling and crying out to the Lord for mercy and like Joel, right? Right. <laughs> it, yeah. it says to do, right? Yeah. Which is intense stuff. Real yeah. intense kind of repentance, and and is it something that you act out on your own? Is it something that you know you practice? No, it's it's something that, as you well said, is is birthed within yeah. you as you as you look at your own life, and it's I, and it's happened to us. I think I think we can all say in, in times in our life where. You, you, something takes over your life, man, and yeah. you begin to cry out in a way that it's not normal. It's not humanly possible, right? right? And, and right. I think we're, I think we're heading there. I think that's what is beginning to birth in us uh, mm-hmm. as the days go along. Um, and you know, we we sense that that for for forbidding that you're talking about. Um, that that sense of of like, dread, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know no. what else to call it. Well, yeah. It's like every everybody's asleep and can't see it, and, and, mm-hmm. and it's like you're like, oh no, Lord, they can't see it. Help us, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and you know uh, that's that's really good. You know, like you were saying, Ezra prepared his heart. And then that phrase to seek the law of the Lord, um, because there's a big difference between studying studying the word, reading the word, uh, you know, hearing someone talk about the word, and seeking the word. Seeking the law of the Lord is different. That seeking mm-hmm. process is different, much different. As Brother Jeremy gave us the the definition of the actual Hebrew. And the way that it's listed indicates growth and process, which is something that it's kind of an afterthought. We're being told what he already was. But like you said, Brother Jeremy, he prepared his heart. Then comes the seeking of the law of the Lord. And then comes the doing to do. Then comes the teaching. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. The process of God, the order of God. That's right. Yeah. And I suppose that that that's, you know, much of the reason why, you know, on Friday, I got really choked up near the end of our broadcast. I I almost couldn't talk. I started kind of crying and weeping in my own spirit. And what I was really weeping about, brothers, in my own heart was that is that much of what we're discovering in our age group now, in our times now, it's it's as if we were robbed <laughs> for a whole season of time, like 20, 30, 40 years of time uh, of, of quality uh, ministry and, and men of God, you know, so that we came into a church already in decline, you know, and, and having to find, my way there you know not only that but throw in the mix of a of a life before god where where really we're living in a culture like that we are made up of a bunch of people who've been you know uh, they've been 
you know, <laughs> they've been druggies, they've been alcoholics, they've been adulterous fornicators, they've been abused, they've been, you know, they've been, the, you know, the, you know, physically beat, you know, whatever the case may be, it's it's a broken generation, and then it carries its its baggage into the house of God, where what is presented to them are not the Ezekiel's or the Ezra's of the world, which is what we need more now than anything, but it's it's the compromised in Jerusalem, and and that's that's the tragedy of it all. That's why I cried because. You know, I've, I've, I've put myself through hell in my life simply because I didn't understand anything, uh, including the, you know, the, 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 the reasons that we go in certain directions or, or the reasons that we deal with certain things in our lives throughout a, the course of a lifetime. And yet interspersed in there is, is the mercy and the grace of God. And, and, and that's what we're trying to say, really, is that, you know, we don't want to come down as heavies and say, you know, it's just all over the whole thing is going to burn. Well, that may be the case, but but that's not because uh, of you. <laughs> you know, right. uh, it, it's because of generations of historical rejection at high levels, right. right? That that have filtered down into the collective uh, expression of the congregation itself. We're a man, you know, and 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 yet. God can take us there if you won't yeah. let go of him, right? If you yeah. won't let go, if you'll hold on to him like Jacob said, and I won't let you go till you bless me. I refuse to let go uh, until you bless me. Yeah, I know I'm I'm, I'm going to be walking with a limp. And yeah, I've expended my strength fighting against you. But there's something driving me on the inside, which I have come to understand is that gift from you. And that you have promised that you are the author and the finisher of my faith. And that yeah. you who have begun a good work in me, you will watch over it to perform it in my life. And all I can do, and I, that's why I thank the Lord for that parable he gave. Remember that parable where he said there was there was the Pharisee who came into the house of God and, and, and his prayer was looking at that guy over there. And he said, Lord, I thank you. I ain't like that guy over there. <laughs> and the guy over there, he said, couldn't even lift his eyes to heaven. All he could do was beat on his breast and say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. He said, who do you think went home justified that day? It's that quality of brokenness, repentance, and utter desperation, exasperation, and surrender to the, to the knowledge that, that only God can do what only God can do. But if we allow him to, that journey is different for all of us, but that's an individual thing that he promised to bring us through. But what we've been talking about, because I just want to make that clear, is the collective judgment of God that comes upon a nation for its sins, right? And And, and it's an important distinction to make because we're not throwing individual lives under the bus here. We're talking about things at a very high level as it pertains to God dealing with nations and the ultimate responsibility that falls upon the shoulders that were that were uh, uh, those that were meant to be the caretakers of the spiritual quality of the people to which they rule and govern. And when it reaches the point where, like we were reading earlier, they, we cross into this delusional attitude and this meshing of some sort of spiritual and entitlement as if we have uh, have absolutely no responsibility to carry on the, the foundational precepts of of rightness and, and honor and character within the confines of the house of God we're in trouble big trouble and and that's what God was showing Ezekiel when he took him across the sands uh, and brought him to Jerusalem in the spirit and began to unveil to him. Uh, listen, we'll get into more of this tomorrow. I think we've had a good discussion. Uh, and I want to break down these things, and, and we'll cover these things, because when he gets to Jerusalem in chapter 8, uh, like we said, in chapter 8, he reveals to him the idolatry that's actually in the temple of the Lord to such an extent, to such a depth, as to really shake me. I saw some things today that, that just shook me, 
in my own heart. And chapter nine, again, is where we <laughs> kind of launched off on this, uh, by the way, beautiful discussion, brothers, and the points you brought up today. Uh, as the Lord begins to withdraw his presence, he goes and he marks the remnant that is sighing and crying for the abominations that they are witnessing in the house of God and in the in the nation of God. Chapter 10, the Shekinah continues to withdraw, and, and we'll see that what Ezekiel saw was that, that coals of the fire of, of God's judgment, which you could read in chapter 10, verse 2, were already being prepared. Uh, and then chapter 11, he sees the presence of God finally leave uh, the capital city and go to Mount Olives uh, because the verdict is complete. And, 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 and judgment's inevitable. The, the forces of the Babylonian Empire were already marching towards Jerusalem while Ezekiel was seeing these things. What Ezekiel would witness in chapter 8 are four specific abominations that occurred within the house of God that finally and swiftly brought judgment down upon the nation. It was as if, you know, like, it was kind of like when you shake up a carbonated drink like a Coke or something and then you open the lid and it rises, those bubbles rise to the top, and then they just explode. That's kind of what we see happening here. And the parallels that we see and the cautionary tale is 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 very much a sobering thing to reflect upon, uh, especially in the times that we find ourselves in now. So tomorrow we'll pick it up from here. We're gonna we're gonna go through the four abominations uh, that were revealed to to him, and uh, and the ultimate. One where Pastor Jeremy read uh, in verse 16 is where where the leadership now has turned its back and has faced toward the sun and has now bowed down to worship the sun in an absolute disregard for the presence of God uh, in the Holy of Holies. That's what that's really what it happened, and it's all symbolic for our times and it represents so many things that that I really don't want to start going into because it'll be too much uh, to get into. But but we want to encourage you today, uh, no matter what you're struggling with, because I know the heat's being turned up. And see, what God is allowing is things to come to the surface. I know this. I know this from, from, from my just being old enough to know and to know what's taking place around, uh, you know, the, the landscape, if you will, of, of the listener and those that you know. It may not be you in particular, but, you know, those that you know. Um, God is beginning to to uh, expose. He's He's also allowing us individually to to really reflect on what we need to be. He's trying to get us ready. And, and, and I want to encourage you today. It's going to be all right. He's going to bring us through. He loves us more than, than, than we even know how to define that word love. He loves us so much that that he's going to keep us and make us through. If we truly love him and we truly turn to him and we truly cry out to him, he will never forsake you. He will never leave you. He wants to save us more than we want to be saved, man. So, uh, right? So our hope, again, we, we like we were talking about the, the prayer rally, you know, my heart is for those people they wouldn't have been there. They're just they just don't get it, you know? They just don't really understand. They haven't like Brother Fernando shared, like Ezra, the great Ezra, we all need to prepare our heart. We all need to seek the Lord of the Lord. We all need to start doing what we claim. And then we'll be ready to, to maybe uh teach <laughs> our culture what we need to do to truly repent. Like you said, Brother Jeremy, you were six years old, brother. I'm glad you shared that. Six years old and that gathering, you still remember to this day because it was real, brother. <laughs> it was yeah. real. And that's all we want. Lord, I, we, we just want you to help us because the truth is that there's an eternity ahead and, and there's only one place you want to be and I want to be. Trust you. Trust me. <laughs> uh, and he's going to see us through. Anything else, brother? Brother Jeremy? Amen. I mean, uh, my last thought would be on this is just, uh, I think even in all of this, as we see the condition of the church, you know, um, we see God maybe trying to provoke us to call on him. You know, I was thinking about Hannah 
in the time of Hannah, everybody did the, what they wanted to do, right? What pleased them, what was good in their eyes. That caused Hannah to cry out to God in a manner <laughs> she'd never cried before. Give me a, a man-child that I can dedicate mm. to you, you know? Wow. And in these things, you know, uh, God is, is causing us to prepare our hearts to seek him, you know, in this hour like never before. So I, I, I agree. This has been a what, a, what a way to begin our week on Monday speaking. And, and, you know, God knows there's no, there's nothing in our hearts but a desire to see God, you know, move and, and touch his people and provoke them to seek that we can seek him more, starting with us and the people yes. together. Yes. Amen. We look forward to, to being with you tomorrow. We pray that you have been blessed. We pray that you have been uh, encouraged today. And uh, we're looking forward to what God has for us this week. Continue to pray for one another. And as always, may God bless you. May God keep you. And keep looking up.